It is finally that time of year once again. It is week one of the NFL season and on this episode, Bilal and I will go through all the games, go through the slate, talk about our game of the day, all the headlines, lock of the week, surprise of the week and all that. We got it all covered on this episode and we'll also talk about our playoff predictions and we'll go through who we think is going to be seated one through seven in the AFC and NFC. So make sure to stay tuned and keep a lock and don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. It is finally week one of the NFL season. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. This has to be one of our favorite times of the year. I mean, I know there's March Madness, NBA playoffs, but really there is not nothing like week one of the National Football League season. B, there are so many headlines that we got to get to. How hyped are you right now? Holy dog. As soon as Mac was named starter, this season could not have started any quicker. Facts. There are, I mean, there's so many headlines to look at. And when I look at the week one slate this year, there are so many interesting matchups when I look at it. And it's fascinating to me. And we're going to go through a bunch of them here. But early on, when you look at some of these matchups and headlines, obviously, minus the Mac Jones thing, as we talked a lot about that last week. What else around the league are you kind of looking at where like, I'm really intrigued to see this on Sunday or even tomorrow night on Thursday? Well, uh, first off the bat, out of these games, to me, I'm liking the the Sunday night football, or not not Sunday night, but, you know, Sunday afternoon, Cleveland, KC, rematch of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That game, I'm really high on Cleveland. I'm really high on KC. I think those are, you know, two of the top three teams in the AFC, maybe top five teams in the league. And I think that game is going to be amazing to start off this year. Yeah, that game is definitely a big one in that late window. I think to me, three out of those four games in the late window are extremely fascinating. And the other one being Denver at New York, which I also think in a lot of ways is an interesting one as well. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about Daniel Jones this year and how this is a huge year for him. And we've talked about, you know, Saquon Barkley coming off an injury and his impact and this approval year for the Giants. And then Denver, similar kind of thing there. They're a young team, not a lot of expectation there. So that's kind of an interesting game there too. But yeah, Cleveland against KC, big game. Browns, a lot of expectations. And what a, what better way to start out? You get Nance and Romo on the call, week one at Arrowhead. It's going to be a crazy environment, just like it was back in January, where the Browns ended their season. And this time, hopefully, knock on wood, Patrick Mahomes is going to play the whole game. And he's got a whole new old line with him. All five guys are different than their offensive line that they trotted out in the Super Bowl last season. They completely revamped that. So I definitely think that is a huge headline in that matchup between KC and Cleveland. Um, rolling back to some of the earlier headlines from the in the early window, starting with tomorrow's matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the defending champion Buccaneers. Obviously, the big one there, Dak Prescott's health. And a lot of people are kind of looking at that and saying, well, how healthy is Dak? You know, we saw little glimpses throughout hard knocks, but not a ton there for Dak Prescott. Let's start with tomorrow's game. Cowboys at Buccaneers. What are some things you're kind of looking for in this game? And I know... I think for me, it's more so Dallas. I think Tampa Bay, a lot of the things I'm looking for is basically just like, how are they going to come off an offseason after that Super Bowl high week one? Are they going to look as good as we think they are and polished, or are they going to look kind of rusty for Tampa? But for me, for Dallas, this is just a really, really big opportunity to start this season off on the right foot. Yeah, but they don't got, we're talking about Dak's health. Zach Martin's not playing, star That's a big offensive one. lineman. So this game, and now you're playing against Tampa's defense that, you know, really picked up at the end of the year. They drafted some pass rushers. I think it's going to be rough, rough for Dak. This is not the ideal start to come back to. And then, you know, they're talking about his shoulder injury and how they had to already ice it and rest him and not play too much football, like during training camp, preseason, whatever. Because it's a you know it's the, one of those baseball injuries where you got to rest it right away. 
could be a lingering thing all year. Plus, he hasn't even, you know, ran competitive 11 on 11 in so long. Like, this is not an ideal start at all if I'm a Cowboys fan. Agreed. I definitely agree with that. And you look at Tampa's front seven, and we've been talking about this all offseason too. One of the most stacked defensive fronts going up against Sue, JPP, Shaq Barrett, mm-hmm. Levante David, and all those boys. It's uh, it's going to be a tough task. And losing Zach Martin, who's one of the best guards in all of football, that's a big deal. I totally agree with that. And Dak Prescott, not only are you coming off of a broken ankle, but then you got the shoulder injury and all this other stuff. So a lot of question marks there for Dallas. And then not only you got Tampa week one, but then you got the Chargers week two also on the road. They got a pretty decent front seven as well. And obviously we don't know if Zach Martin's going to be back, obviously with a Thursday game. And then on a Sunday, you're getting an extra few days. So maybe that will be a plus for them, but that's something to look out for next week when you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys. But obviously right out of the gate, that's something to also look for, which is a headline, not just this week, but throughout the entire season that, you know, Yes, there's fans back in the stadium. Yes, we're having a longer season than usual, but COVID ain't going away. And it's going to be interesting to see who that impacts. And last year we saw who that impacted. It impacted a handful of teams, Tennessee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, a handful of teams that it impact last year. It'll be interesting to see who it impacts this year and how significant that impact is going to be. But when I look at this matchup, I, I like Tampa in this game. I think it's. I, I don't think it's going to be very close. I think we'll be kind of close in the first half, but I think Brady's going to do his thing. He's going to be in the zone. I think they might get off to a little bit of a rusty start, but I just think Dallas, I, I don't know. They're going to need to play a near-perfect game to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I just don't think week one right out of the gate, that's going to happen. No chance. And isn't their record for like, opening night team off a Super Bowl win. Isn't that record like something ridiculous? Like that team just doesn't lose. So like, and then it's, it's not even, uh, you know, I wouldn't say the teams are even at all. So like, there's that. I think, yeah, Tampa should, you know, roll over them. And Mike Evans is saying how him and Brady are on like a completely different page than they were last year and everything's clicking. I mean, like, we saw how good Tampa was at the end of the year, how well they meshed and how time really helped them out, like just playing together because, you know, the start was a wreck. They're just figuring things out. You have a full off season. Y'all just won the Super Bowl. I mean, this team, I don't expect them to get off to a, a rough start like they did last year. I don't ex- I think they're going to go balls to the wall right away. And I think they're going to look really good right away. Like I think they're going to be already mid-season form right off the bat. For Tampa? For Tampa. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. I think Tampa, they're going to look a lot more polished. And what I mean by start off rusty, I don't mean the entire game. I mean like the first maybe first two possessions or so. But once they get into things, once they score that first touchdown, it's going to yeah. be over from there. I just Snowball think it's, right there. Yeah, yep. it, it's over there. And Tampa, you know, they got a pretty vanilla schedule as well. They got Atlanta after this week too. The big one that I'm actually, week, week three and four are going to be interesting to me. Week four, they... Tom Brady goes home and takes on your Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's gonna yo. I'm trying to go to that game. I'm oh, good go. luck. Good luck with that, man. I hope you saved up your entire life savings for that one. And then week three, they go to LA to take on the Rams. That I think is gonna be a really good game as well. Like, I think that's you got two of the best teams in the NFC at that game. But man, oh man, I mean. Those two games are going to be great. We're going to talk about those as well when they come out. But, man, Brady against Mac, I know we're going to be talking about that all season long, man. Or not all season long, but for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that matchup heading into week four. And, man, I mean, if you do get, if you do get into that stadium, man, Dog, I would I've frame eyeing, that ticket, I've bro. I've been eyeing those tickets since the, the schedule announced. I've kept my eye on them. I've been saving up. I'm just waiting for the right time to pull the trigger. Man. I I mean, you let me know when that happens, man, because I would just frame that ticket because that would be insane. But moving on to the rest of the early window and some of the headlines in there from the one o'clock games. Of course, we got my Niners had Detroit, Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Obviously, we don't know what capacity Trey Lance is going to play in with that injured finger. seems like he started some light throwing today. So it looks like it might be majority of Garoppolo in that game. So not a ton of wrinkles there. Might be similar to 2019, so not a whole ton of stuff there. But obviously, a lot of guys come back. My guy Nick Bosa comes back in that game. Really, really looking forward to seeing him come back. 
Julio Jones taking on DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it's kind of funny that no one is really talking about that matchup. We're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about that game a little bit later. But you got two of the best receivers in the game in that game. I think there's a lot to talk about in that one as well. Sticking in the early window, Pittsburgh goes to Buffalo. I think that's probably the mm-hmm. the best game of that early window. How does Pittsburgh come in? Big Ben looking against arguably one of the best teams in the AFC and maybe in all of football. Joe Burrow gets his first start back from an ACL injury, taking on the Vikings. And then Seattle takes on Indy. Carson Wentz's debut. Sam Darnold will take on his old team in Carolina. And then Jacksonville will take on Houston. Trevor Lawrence's debut as well. And I got to tell you, one of the more fascinating matchups in this early window is the Chargers at Washington. I was going to say. I look at that game and I just think this is a really intriguing one. You have two teams who were young, up and coming, going up against each other. Two young, good defenses. Then Washington, Washington's defense going up against the Chargers. Oh, I just think is a tremendous matchup. I think that's one of the more underrated games in that early slate. When you look at that and in the early window, what are some of the headlines that you're kind of looking at saying, yeah, that's something that I want to keep my eye on. Well, Pitt and Buffalo, I can't wait for that game. I think Buffalo, you know, they're favored by, you know, almost a touchdown. But I think Pittsburgh's going to be, like, right there. It's in Buffalo. Buffalo, the Bills Mafia is going to oh be wild. Oh, my God. They're going to be off you the know. chains, man. Josh Allen, you know what I was thinking? Josh Allen kind of reminds me of Big Ben, the way Big Ben used to play. Just big, a little strong bit. arm, hard to take down, hard to get on the floor, and can throw it, like, you know, 100 yep. yards. Like, they kind of, you know, they kind of remind me of each other. But – I can't wait for that game. You know, TJ Watt on the other side, like the defensive pit versus the offensive Buffalo. That is going to be crazy. I'm excited for Najee Harris to see what he does. And then outside of that one, like you said, you said the Chargers, Washington. I'm really looking forward to that. Was kind of a sleeper game in that one o'clock window in Washington. You know, how's Herbert going to do against that defense, right? I'm expecting a big year from Herbert. Some people are saying, yo, Chase Young might be, Defensive player of the year this year. That front four in Washington's ridiculous. Oh man, that that you're right. That that game is not getting enough credit. And then the third one you mentioned, I actually it's not bad either. Is the Arizona Tennessee? I think there's gonna be a lot of points up on the board in that one. I think it's gonna be a nice shootout. You know, Kyler Murray's gonna do his thing. Hopkins is gonna do his thing, and that Tennessee offense is gonna do their thing because both of these teams, you know, the offense defense mismatch is just you know. A little bit too much so i think that's going to be uh has some major shootout potential agreed yeah fireworks is the first word that kind of comes to mind in that arizona tennessee game i just think the offenses in that game is just ridiculous across the board so i'm i'm really looking forward to that one the other one honestly it intrigued me at first but now indy has had a really up and down august so i'm not really sure what to make out of this game anymore but when the schedule first came out Honestly, one of the games on this on this slate that kind of popped out to me was Seattle at Indy. I thought I was like, this can be a really, really good game. But obviously, there's the question marks about Carson Wentz. Their offensive line's losing some guys. I don't know if Quentin Nelson's going to be playing in this game. That if you guys go on the COVID list, T.Y. Hilton's not going to play. So there's a lot of if, ands, or buts. And this could end up being a game where Russell Wilson and the Seahawks come in and it's just like a blowout like it was week one of last year for Seattle. So... I'm not really sure what to make out of this game right now. And I think it's kind of one of those things where like, we got to wait and see on Sunday to see how that game pans out um, in the early window. So we'll come back to this and we'll go from there over to the late window. Like I kind of mentioned, three out of these four games are really intriguing to me. Like we talked about early on Cleveland at Kansas city, you got the dolphins taking on your Patriots, Mac Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa. We'll get to that in a Mm -hmm. second. Green Bay will take on the Saints. This game obviously was moved to Jacksonville due to the hurricane situation in New Orleans. So that will be at a neutral site there. And then Denver will take on the Giants in the late slate as well, starting at 425. I mean, the obvious one here, I mean, even though Packers, Saints, and Browns Chiefs are the highlighted games, but I think ever since Mac Jones got named the starter last week, this has to be a game that actually a lot of people are probably like, I want to wa- I want to watch this Dolphins Patriots game. Yeah, no, dude. This the problem with this game though. Th- this might be one of those games where it's just like, I, whatever happens in this game, overreaction city. Like 
If Mac plays well, oh my god, he's going to Canton. If Tua plays well, oh my god, he's going to Canton. It's like it's whoever wins in this game is going to be hyped up for the whole week, and we'll just see what happens there. But the thing that I'm actually looking forward to in this game is like it's not going to be about the quarterbacks at all. I mean, Miami's defense is really good. They're yep. going up against a rookie quarterback. Patriots defense is really good. Belichick feeds on these young quarterbacks, and Tua was was not that hot last year. You know, I think it's going to be really ugly this game. And I, I know people are going to tune in wanting to see Tua versus Matt, quarterback, quarterback, whatever. But this is going to be a really ugly game. And I, I, I think it's just going to be defense, defense. It's in New England. I think the Patriots take this one um, just because it's in New England and it's just going to be ugly. And nobody frustrates a young quarterback like Belichick does. Absolutely. And I, you know, you know, you know that team, you know, more than anyone. So I, I trust your judgment on that one with it being a slugfest. And when they played the Dolphins, I mean, it's ironic, too, that last year and the year before, too, though, Brian Flores has beaten the Patriots twice mm. now, right? They beat them in 2019 at the end of the year to send the Miami, Patriots. That's what happens. Miami always beats the Patriots week 16 or week 17, whichever one in Miami. That's the game Miami always steals. Yep, agreed. Agreed. I mean, in 2019, it was the one in Foxborough. Week 17, that was the game that was just bizarre how Kansas City ended up getting the two and New England had the one seed and dropped all the way to the three and had to play on wild card weekend. And then that ended up being the last game for Brady in a Patriot uniform and unbelievable how that ended up turning out. And then obviously, like you mentioned, they will play Miami week 18 in the finale. So that's that's very odd. I don't think I've ever seen that on a schedule very often where you play a team week one and then yeah. week eight, and then in the last first game and last game of the season. So These teams are going to be completely different by then. Absolutely, absolutely. It always is. It always is like that. So I do agree with you. I think this game could be a slugfest-type game, and I think as much as everyone's going to be looking at Mac Jones, and obviously not just Mac Jones, but the offense around him as everything is kind of revamped now, right? Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, my guy Kendrick Bourne, and this running game, right? Seeing how they roll to guys, Damian Harris and all those guys out there as well. It's going to be interesting to see that too. But I think for Miami, it's yeah. Tua coming out, beating the Patriots on the road in Foxborough would be a really big deal for him. Mm. Cause I've heard nothing but reports so far this week. And it's only been halfway through the week and people have been saying, Oh, I don't know. If Brian Flores is bluffing. And he's just saying Tua's our guy just to the media, because apparently the Dolphins didn't even vote him captain. I don't know if that goes to show anything. I don't I don't really take too much into it. I take it into a little bit because if he's a true leader, why wouldn't you vote him as captain? Mm-hmm. But who knows what's going on in-house and all that. But I would want to see Tua Tagovailoa come out and beat the Patriots on the road. I think if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm looking at that and saying this would be... That's a major benchmark right there. Yeah, right? It's a really great way to start the year. And I think... It's similar to how I think about Dallas tomorrow night going into Tampa. I'm not thinking too much about it. I'm assuming that Tampa's going to come in and just, you know, run all over them. But per se, in theory, that the Dallas Cowboys come out, play a near-perfect game, Dak goes crazy and throws for over 400 yards, and the Cowboys have a day. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's talking about the Dallas Cowboys and, oh my God, this could be the year that they do something. I think it's kind of similar to Miami because no one's really taking them seriously. I think that's the right way to put it is we know Miami went 10 and six last year. We know that they have potential to take the next step, but I don't think anyone really took that 10 and six, 10 and six record seriously because it was like when they were down and Tua struggled, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw out there in relief. Now you don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw out there in relief. Yeah. And he's, that's the thing. We would have took them a lot more serious if they didn't get blown out in that last game to Buffalo yep. and they made the playoffs. Yep. Our perception would have been super different than it is right now. Right now, we're like, you know, the Patriots are favored in this game. And just off of that last year, we would have thought Miami has a potential to make the playoffs here, take that next step. I think both of us, though, think Miami's going to take half a step back. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Yeah, we both do have them taking a, a little bit of a step back. And I think the Dolphins are going to be competitive. I just don't know how many games they're going to win. And you look at their schedule to start off the year. 
They, I mean, it's not easy. You got New England, Buffalo, Vegas, Indy, mm. and Tampa in your first five games. Yep. I wouldn't quite say that's the easiest of if games. If they go, if they go, they got, if they go, jeez, that's tough, man. That's the a tough... real, the one team that they're actually better than out of those five is Vegas. Yeah. I mean, if you got, if you get out of that, those five, three and two, that's a that's win. That's a dub. That's a dub. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But Agreed. that does not look promising to come three out of two out of that. That's, that's, that's tough. A tough. First I... five games. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough way to start. And then after that, things get a little easier. They face Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Houston, three out of the next four. And they have Buffalo mixed in there as well. And then Baltimore, Jets, Panthers, Giants. So again, the schedule gets a little bit easier. And then they end the year with Saints, Titans, Patriots, which is a tough one. So it starts Mm. out tough. The middle of their schedule from about week six to about week 13 they have a chance to make some noise there if they but can you, win a lot of those games. You know what it is, though? It's so important for teams this young to get off to a real good start. Like, Absolutely. how many times do we see a young team get hosed by the schedule, start off 0-2, 3 and then from there it's just a lost season, right? And, and I, everybody thinks of it as like, oh, we got to get through this rough stretch. In the middle, we'll pick up some steam, and then we're good. But, like, a young team like this, yo, you really got to come out the gate starting well because if you go down – you know, one in four in those five games, the season's a wrap for them. They're not even the rest of the schedule, even though it's easy, you know, their their heads might not be into it. They're gonna start down themselves. They're one and four at that point, maybe, and it's just gonna be brutal. That then the season's the season's gonna be made or break in those first five games. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. There's only one team in the league that I trust to come back from a one and four or zero oh and five record, and that's the Indianapolis Colts because they've done that. And they did that in 2018. Do I think Carson Wentz could do it like Andrew Luck did it? That's a big fat question mark. But I do think the Colts have a good enough culture to do that. The Dolphins, again, that that's also a question mark because I feel like they they could do it, but they're also a lot younger than mm-hmm. Indianapolis is. So that's something to definitely watch out for in those five games. But sticking to this week against New England, a lot a lot to look at. I mean, I don't know I don't know which game of these three that. That I want to watch. Like I may, I may need red zone for this late slate, even though it's four <laughs> games, because the Browns Chiefs is intriguing, the Packers Saints is intriguing, and the Dolphins Patriots is intriguing. Moving over to the Packers Saints game, because that's the only one out of the late slate that we haven't talked about yet. You have the drama with Green Bay that they've been dealing with all season, but that seems kind of slowed down the more that the summer came to an end. Rodgers is going to play. It looks like everyone's kind of healthy for the exception of David Bakhtiari, who will miss the first handful of games. I think it's about six. New Orleans, Jameis Winston was named the starter two weeks ago. He will get his first start as a New Orleans Saint. This game to me is kind of like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not taking too much into it. If the Saints go out and win, I'd say, wow, that, that was very impressive. But if they lose and Jameis Winston plays good, I'm not going to, you know, be like, oh, the Saints should have won. Their season's over. I think this is a game that kind of focuses more on Jameis Winston for the Saints. right? How does he play and perform with this team without Michael Thomas? And then for Green Bay, it's do they look the same as last year or do they look beatable? And does it look like the in-house stuff is kind of getting to them? And we talked about it last week and we were saying that Aaron Rodgers and offseason drama they don't really mix when it comes into the season. When the season starts, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is like, nah, we're trying to win a Super Bowl now. All of that put to rest. So those are the two things I'm kind of looking for on Sunday in this matchup. What are you looking for? I think you're right. I, I don't think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to let any of that noise come. I think once the season starts, it's football. And I think now's the perfect time if, you know, you're, you want to bet the Packers or whatever because I think people are actually – down on them i think a lot of people are down on them i think we did the over-unders what it was a 10 and a half or something like that it was something silly that just didn't make sense right yeah and i think it's you know green bay aaron Rodgers there the ball the one thing i do worry about green bay is that they're kind of thin and i think you know knock on wood but like a tweak to Devontae adams and sheesh i don't know where we go from there it's just that that would be brutal that might be the season right there you know if he misses a couple games who knows? But then in terms of the Saints, you know, it's a, it's a big week for Jameis Winston. You know, they've been talking up Callaway all, all preseason. We'll see what he can do. The, the Jacksonville is a, is a weird sight because I, I heard that Sean Payton, you know, picked Jacksonville 
because of all the apparently there's a whole bunch of Saints fans near Jacksonville. Yeah, he crunched his numbers. And it's far enough from Green Bay. But then apparently there's a weird little bubble of Green Bay fans in Jacksonville. So I'm gonna be really it's gonna be really funny to see how this turns out and what kind of, you know, fans are in there because I would never expected, you know, a a Green Bay bubble in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only thing I can think of about that is Green Bay is such a historic franchise that it kind of spreads not just all over the United States, but honestly, the entire world. Exactly. So that's the only thing that I could think about. But I totally get what you're saying, because Jacksonville, I mean, for God's sakes, they, they probably have more of a fan base in London than they do in Jacksonville. So I I don't know what to think about football fans in Jacksonville. But yeah, that is an interesting sight to see. Um, to see what kind of a fan base shows up. Is it going to be more Packers, more Saints, kind of neutral? Will be interesting. But this, it's not like this is a, this is different. Maybe for the Saints' current players, it'll be a little different. But for Sean Payton, who's been doing this for a long time, and some of the other, maybe the older guys, this isn't, this isn't, you know, anything different because the Saints had to do the same thing. I cannot remember what year it was, whatever Hurricane Katrina was back in the mm-hmm. late 2000, I think 2008, 2007, one of those years. They had to do the same thing, and they had to move out and play in a neutral site. So it's not like this thing is entirely different. It's a very unfortunate, and I hope everyone in New Orleans is doing okay and hopefully rebuilding stuff slowly. But, you know, it's something that's not new. So I think the Saints are going to take the situation professionally. They're going to go out. They're going to play hard. And I think, you know, they're going to go out there and try to win the game. But all eyes for me are on Jameis Winston because this is a, you know, I want to see. I think a lot of us actually have – high expectations for Jameis Winston because it's not like Jameis in Tampa. I know he's a, he literally was just a meme for his time in Tampa for a lot of people. But if you actually like watched his game, Jameis Winston literally just needed like almost like a fine tune. And that's why Tampa brought in Bruce Arians to kind of help that didn't necessarily work. Now he goes to new Orleans with Sean Payne. I are like, all right, now it's going to work. Now we'll get to see it because Jameis Winston in Tampa wasn't bad. He just couldn't, he just turned the ball over every other play. And if that's he the thing. Can, he's he's the number one overall pick. He's got all the talent. He does. He really does. He's got all the tools. He's got all the talent. He just needs to take care of the football. And that's what I'm going to look forward to. Not just in this game, but for the entire season. But this is a big one. You're facing Green Bay, one of the top tier teams in the NFL, in the NFC. So I'm, I'm looking heavily at Jameis Winston in that game and then kind of seeing how the Packers gel in their first game and how they look. But I think one point before we move on to your point, when you said the Packers at 10 and a half and how that was kind of low, I agree with you because last year I thought the Packers were going to take a step back and go 10 and six. And I was completely wrong. They were 13 and three. They were just as good as they were the year before. And I'm not bluffing on it this time. I think they're going to be just as good as last year. I had them at one win less. So I had them at 12 and five. I think you had them at 12 and five as well. So I'm not, expecting a ton of differences when it comes to Green Bay in that regard. So we'll see what happens in that matchup. And then Broncos-Giants also in that late slate. You know, a a few headlines there. I mean, we'll see if anything comes out of that one. But moving over to Sunday night's game, this is where Mm. things get a little interesting. The Chicago Bears are going to L.A. to take on the Rams. Of course, the NFL literally just redid its primetime games from last year to this year. They kept the Rams and Raiders on primetime to showcase their new stadiums, this time with fans. So take two, here we go. Bears at the Rams. I don't really think this is a very intriguing, sexy matchup at all. I mean, Andy Dalton starting for the Bears. I mean, on national television, I mean, I I don't have many much to say on this matchup. I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not excited to see... I mean, no, I am excited to see Matthew Stafford in the Rams uniform because I want to. I want to see what he can do. In like, I honestly, I don't hope it like blows up in the Rams' face or anything. And I hope he struggles. Like, I want Matt Stafford to do well. I want it to be competitive, and I want them to see that. But also, the Rams' defense—they lost some guys. Everyone still has them pretty high. But I mean, this matchup—it's an interesting one. What are you kind of looking at in this one? I mean, you know, this has been, I swear, this has been the story of the whole off season. Yo, Matthew Stafford's replacing Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford's replacing Jared Goff. And I've been telling you, I'm like, yo, Matthew Stafford, I always thought Matthew Stafford was overrated. I thought, yo, he just threw for a bunch of yards in Detroit. Dog won like seven games a year in Detroit. 
and you know made the playoffs what once or twice, something like that. I'm like I didn't, I never saw the Matthew Stafford hype, but now here we go. Sean McVay says, "Thank God, Jared I, Goff is gone," because last year, you know, there was something weird in the playoffs. Jared, he didn't want to play Jared Goff. It looked like to me, he's like, "I don't want to play him. He's just hurting my team." I really felt like towards the end of last season that Sean McVay felt handcuffed by Jared Goff. Yep. And now I'm looking at it like, yo, you got your guy. Let's let's go. Let's let's start the car. Let's go, man. He's got, I think he's gonna go balls to the wall. Now they got no running game. And I think he's perfectly fine with having no running game. I think he's gonna throw the ball like it's like backyard football, man. I think he's going all in. Stafford, you just just toss it, man. I think he's going backyard football on us. Yeah, it could be very likely that that's the matchup, I think, for Chicago. Um, How is this defense going to stop Matt Stafford and the Rams' offense? I think that's something. They got a new defensive coordinator as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. And, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of thinking and hoping that Justin Fields gets some playing time. Honestly, you know, why not put him in for a play or two? Honestly, I would be interested to see what Matt Nagy does. But other than that, really... There's not much I'm looking into this game. I think the Rams are just gonna are gonna run Chicago over in this game. Um, the last kind of headline and storyline here before we move on um, to our picks and all that stuff is the rookie quarterbacks that are starting this game. So you got Zach Wilson who's starting for the Jets. He'll take on Carolina. Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville will start at Houston, and then your boy Mac Jones will start at home against the Dolphins. What are you kind of looking for with these three? going into Sunday in this season, which one of these three do you think is going to have the best performance and which one do you think might not? Yeah, this is the, uh, to me, I think Mac Jones has the worst matchup out of the three. I think you couldn't have drawn up a better team for Trevor Lawrence to go against. You were right. Deshaun Watson's not playing. As soon as that happened, I'm like, yo, Houston is going to be the worst team in the league. Jacksonville gets to start off week one. Yo, you got like basically a full – this is like a good ease into the NFL for Trevor Lawrence. It couldn't have been drawn up any better. Zach Wilson, you know, this is the the Adam Gase bowl. Here we go. Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, you know, he left the Jets in an awful position. He threw down Sam Darnold's career. I bet you Adam Gase is just at home watching this game, just like <laughs> laughing. And then the Mac Jones, when I talked about it, I said, this is going to be a slugfest. So I'm not expecting too much from him in that game. So, Honestly, I think just based off of situation, I think Trevor Lawrence has the best chance at doing anything special out of the three. No, I agree. I do agree with that. I, I think Mac Jones starting week one in a divisional matchup against Miami, yes, certainly is the toughest matchup of the three. I think Zach Wilson's going to have a good year for the Jets. I, I mean, I, I didn't know a lot about him, and really neither of us didn't know a lot about him coming in. But from what I've seen and the glimpses I've seen in preseason, I think he's going to be better than I initially thought. I think he's going to have a nice career in New York. Hopefully, the Jets haven't been able to nail a starting quarterback for a really long time. But I do think they're going to struggle at Carolina. I think the Panthers are a much better team than the Jets are currently. And then, like you mentioned, Trevor Lawrence at Houston. Yeah, that's a, a dream matchup. And Jacksonville has so much young talent that they could run wild in a game like this. Having said that, week one can be kind of weird, and mm. Houston's not going to win a lot of games. Like I told you, I, I most certainly think they're going to have the number one pick next year, but week one can get kind of weird in a divisional game, and Jacksonville's also got a new coach and a new starting yeah. quarterback. You know, Tyrod Taylor might do This could be one of, one of the two to three games that, Houston would be able to steal. It would be exactly. this one right here. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. Obviously, when I look at it on paper, and obviously we're going back to my question that I gave, which was which of the three rookie quarterbacks have the best matchup? Trevor Lawrence has the best matchup, no question. I think he will have the best game. But do I think Jacksonville is going to win the game? I don't know. I think this game can get a little weird. Not that it's going to matter. I think both teams are going to have a losing record at the end of the season anyways. But we'll see how that one goes as well so now that we've broken down all the headlines game of the day and your sneaky good game of the day b game of the day kc cleveland like we said two of the top teams in the afc battle rematch of last year so we get to see hopefully you know nothing happens we get to see patrick mahomes full strength we get to see that revamped o-line 
we get to see that revamped defense that Cleveland brought in. You know, they brought in a couple of guys on D. And, you know, maybe Odell shows out. People forgot how good he is. You know, let's see if Baker can take that next step. Easily the game of the day to me is that one right there. What about you? Yeah, and honestly, I was going to go Cleveland-Kansas City, honestly. But it, since you since you went ahead and said that's your game of the day, I'm going to go and say Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I think this is the second-best game of the day. And when I look at this matchup, I think Josh Allen against this Pittsburgh defense, this is a really, really big game for this Pittsburgh defense going up against this juggernaut of an offense. It's two teams, experienced, great teams. Last year, Pittsburgh and Buffalo played late in the year. And Buffalo knocked them, you know, pretty good. Pittsburgh didn't play very well. Roethlisberger turned it over a few times. It was not not a great game for the Bills. So I think there's going to be a lot to look in this game. How does Ben Roethlisberger look? Like you mentioned earlier, Najee Harris and some of these young guys chase Claypool in his first game in year two. And then that defense, Melvin Ingram coming in, playing aside, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, a lot to look at on that Pittsburgh defense. And then Josh Allen, and Emmanuel Sanders, a new guy who they brought in on offense. A lot to look at in this game. I think Buffalo's going to end up winning it. I do. Th- I think it'll be close, but I think Buffalo will end up kind of going away later in the fourth quarter. But I, I think that game's going to be great. Two powerhouses in the AFC. It'll be a fun one there. And then for my sneaky good game of the day, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's Arizona at Tennessee. I just think this game, you got Kyler and Tannehill Julio against D-Hop, Derrick Henry, you know, we got James Conner, not that he's not the greatest, but, you know, still a decent name in there. I just think this game could be insane. A lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I'm looking for J.J. Watt's going to be, you know, gets his Cardinal debut. A lot to look at in this game, and I'm excited for that one. That's that's a good one. But my sneaky game of the day I'm actually going to go way off the charts here. We talked about the Chargers, Washington. I'm going to go way off the charts here. Sneaky good game of the day. You're going to disagree, but I'm going Philly and Atlanta. Okay, it's the I one think. game we didn't talk about. The sneaky game of the day, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I know you, you're really down on Atlanta. Some people I'm hearing think Atlanta you know, could be a sneaky team to make the playoffs, but this just looks like a shootout to me. You know, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm interested to see what he can do against that Atlanta defense in a dome. Perfect conditions. You know, it's like everything you could want as a quarterback. You got your boy, Devontae Smith, who you love. We'll see how that works out. Then we got Atlanta, you know, Matt Ryan under Arthur Smith now. We got Kyle Pitts there. Calvin Ridley might be, you know, a top five receiver in the league this year. I think this could be a real shootout. I think this could be a real shootout. And, for a game with two teams that we both think are going way under 500, doesn't get more sneaky than that. That's a good one. And and we didn't talk much about that game. We didn't talk much about the Vikings-Bengals game either. And then we kind of touched a little bit on every other game on the slate. Um, but you're not wrong. I think this game could most definitely be a track meet. I think Jalen Hurts has no problem running up the score. We know Matt Ryan, his whole career, he's been running up the score. And, and you know, we'll see whatever he has left in the tank at age 36, 37, whatever it is now. You got Calvin Ridley, like you mentioned, Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis. This is still Russell Gage also. This is a young, not really the offense, what we initially kind of, you know, what Atlanta has been, you know, in years past, but it's still a very talented offense. And yeah, I'm not the highest on the Falcons because I, I just think their defense is just horrific, but their offense is pretty good. Like they got a lot of big names there and we'll see what Kyle Pitts can do. And for Philly, yeah, with Devontae Smith there, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and Dallas Goddard as well, another name. Both of their defenses are kind of eh, but both offenses, there's a lot of young talent. So I absolutely think this could be a track meet. That's a great call. Um, on that game as well. So, I mean, I can't wait. This is going to be a good one. We're going to do our final picks at the end in a two-minute drill, but let's move over to our playoff predictions. Last week, we made our regular season predictions, So, but we did not reveal what our top seven playoff teams for each conference are. We'll start with the NFC. You want to go first? Um, you go first on this one. This is your conference, Doug. All right, I'll take it away. I got, I mean, I said this last week, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as my number one seed at 14 and three. I just, I think Tampa, you know, like we talked about at the at the top of the episode, Tampa's going to be a lot more polished to start the year. 
they, you know, they bring in back everybody. The defense is going to be great. Their offense is going to be solid as long as the only thing stopping Tampa is going to be injuries. If if they bump in a few roads, it's going to be because somebody got hurt. But Tampa, I think, is still the team to beat. Tom Brady should, as long as he is in this league, he should always be the guy to beat, as he was in the AFC. And, you know, he did it in one year, and now he's the guy in the NFC. Number two seed, I've been flip-flopping between the Niners and Packers for the number two seed, and it really is going to end up coming down to that week three head-to-head matchup at Levi Stadium. And because it's at Levi Stadium and not at Lambeau, I got my Niners as the two seed at 12-5. and five. Because Aaron Rodgers cannot win a game at Levi Stadium for the life of him. Of course, if he does, then then you know you're. I know you're going to remember this and probably bring it up after Week Three, but we'll see how that goes. Got Green Bay at the three seed, twelve and five. The Dallas Cowboys at the four seed at ten and seven. So I got Bucks, Niners, Packers, Cowboys as my division winners, my wild cards. I like the Rams at the five seed at eleven and six. I think Matthew Stafford's going to have a great year. I think the Rams are still going to be very competitive. It's going to be tough and close down to the wire between them and San Fran. Six seed, I got Seattle at 10 and 7. Russell Wilson, you know, there's really no reason for me not to put Seattle in the playoffs because they've been doing it every year. Russell Wilson does the same thing every year. And I, I just don't see a reason that they're going to fall off and not make the playoffs. And then the seven seed, this is where things get interesting for me. This is a tough decision I had. Arizona, Minnesota, Washington, and New Orleans, four teams that I think will be in the hunt late in the season. I'm going to take Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints, Mm -hmm. making it in as the number seven seed in the NFC. I think Jameis, if he can take that leap, and I trust Sean Payton. I talked a lot about coaching on last week's episode. I really trust Sean Payton. So I got the Saints rounding out the seventh seed in the NFC for me. Yeah, I got the um, same, mostly the same teams. Different orders though. So I got I got Tampa as the number one seed. I'm never not gonna go I'm never gonna go against Tom Brady. You know, that's my guy. I'm never gonna go against the number one seed. Um for me, number two seed, I'm going with the Rams. I think, you know, their defense is just loaded. I said I'm I'm not a huge believer in Stafford, but you know, I just believe in him just about, you know, just being able to do things that Goff couldn't do and I think McVay has more faith in him more aggressive play calling and I think that offense will get opened up a little bit more I'm there on that way so those are my first two I'm gonna go Green Bay at the three seed I was debating on Green Bay it's just like you but I was debating Green Bay or the Rams for the two seed I went with the Rams Green Bay gets the three seed as long as Aaron Rodgers is there they're gonna be a top two three seed and there's nothing else to say. I mean, they're better than any of the other teams to me. Um, out of any of the any of the other division winners, I think they're the top two, three seed as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. Four seed. You said Dallas. I can't believe in Dallas. I'm going Washington. I like Washington. Good defense. Fitzpatrick. I think you know he's gonna have seven or eight weeks where he's just unreal, and that's gonna matter a lot because you look at their quarterbacks last year. Alex Smith only played a couple games, and even then, he was he wasn't great. Kyle Allen and who else? Who else? Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. They had some really bad quarterback play, and I think Fitzpatrick just being average is going to be a couple wins right there. So I'm going Washington over Dallas, and then we get into the wild cards. Now it's pretty much on the same page as you. I go three from the West. I'm going five seed. I'm going with Seattle. I like Seattle think they're um just russell wilson is just too good one of my favorite players in the league i can't bet against russ love the dude six seed i'm going with your niners tough call to take uh you know to me it came down seattle or or san fran to me it came down to the quarterback matchup and i'm not really down with your two quarterback thing man i know you love it to me i've never seen it work so i just can't i can't rock with it seven seed now here's where I'm I'm with you. I was debating Minnesota and I was debating New Orleans. To me, it came down to this. Kirk Cousins and his, you know, vaccine thing and whatever, he's gonna miss some games and it's gonna happen. And I don't trust whoever the hell their backup is to play games down the stretch, meaningful games. And I know it's gonna happen. Kirk that the backup, whoever the hell the backup is, is gonna come in. Kellen and- Mond. 
Kellen Mond. Okay, sure. Kirk Cousins is 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 I I, I he, he's I he's nothing special, but Kellen Mond is your backup. He's gonna have to play some games, and uh, like you said, Jameis Winston. I think Sean Payton can you know do some cleanup. You know, don't go for the long ball every time. You got Alvin Kamara in your backfield. Just just dump it off a little bit more. I like uh, New Orleans to be the seventh seed in the in the NFC. You know, that's one of the strangest discussions that a lot of people have been having over the past few days, that the reason that no one is putting the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs is really the biggest factor has been the Kirk Cousins situation and the fact that he is not vaccinated and the possibility of him landing on the COVID list on any week and any time and him potentially missing games. And that's a really big deal. And that's exactly what I meant when I said at the top of the episode as well of how how COVID will impact this season compared to last season and the significance that it does impact. And the Kirk Cousins thing is just so strange. And I think a good example where to be, think about the Denver Broncos last year and the pickle that they were in with having all of their quarterbacks go on the COVID list and they were stuck. I think it was like some fourth string practice squad wide receiver yeah, playing yeah. quarterback. Like I just think it if can you're get Kirk, ugly. It can get ugly. It can exactly. It can get really ugly. And without any disrespect to Kellen Mond, cause you know, he look, he looks fairly decent, but he's a rookie and he wasn't one of those first round guys. Kirk Cousins is supposed to be your guy, your leader, the guy to try and take you. And we, we talked about it a few weeks back in early August. And we're talking about, quarterbacks who need to prove something in January. I just think it's already off to a bad start for Kirk Cousins because, and I, and listen, I, I have no, none of us have any place to say that, well, Kirk Cousins should get vaccinated or whatever. Like that's, that is his, you know, choice, his personal stuff. You know, we don't know the reasoning and all that stuff. So I, I don't want to talk about any of that stuff, but I'm just saying from like, from a leadership standpoint and being the starting quarterback of a football team, Unless it's something where you're like, yeah, I definitely like cannot have it. And again, for whatever reason that is, that's that that's up to Kirk Cousins and himself. But you're you're the starting quarterback and you're the leader of a team. I just feel like that should be something where you're like, if I can, if I'm able to do it, I gotta do this for the sake of my football team because they look up to me. I'm the starting quarterback. I gotta lead this team. So that's kind of what I look at in that situation. But then again, we don't know what the situation is, but. I mean, it's unfortunate because Minnesota has a really good team. I think they have all the playoff potential in the world, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see how COVID plays out for the Minnesota Vikings this season. So it looks like we're all kind of on the same page in that regard. I think the Vikings are still going to be competitive if Kirk Cousins is available. But of course, your line, the one you love to go to all the time, availability is the best ability. And I think in Minnesota's case, that's everything at the moment. So moving over to the AFC, I'll let you go first. All right, so this is, uh, you know, I think the two, the two best team, two out of the three best teams are in the AFC. I'm going Casey with the one seed. Nothing changing there. Buffalo as the two, I still think, you know, they're just too loaded. And I think the way Josh Allen fixed his accuracy, you know, from the year before to last year, if he even makes a half step better, then, oh, my God, then their their offense is going to be ridiculous. I'm I'm super high on Buffalo again. My three seed, I'm going Cleveland. I like Cleveland to win the North. I told you I'm really down on Baltimore this year. And Cleveland to me is just, you know, they're just loaded. They're just loaded. And I like the teams when, you know, the quarterback, you know, Baker don't got to do much. You know, the defense will ball out. They got the running game. Just don't make mistakes for Baker, and I think they're a three seed. Now, four seed, again, we've been flipping, flopping on this one, Indy and Tennessee. I'm sticking with Indy. That's my original call. I just think they're a more balanced team. I think they can run the ball. The pet, I believe Carson Wentz can be a lot better than he was down the stretch in Philly, and I think their defense is a lot better than Tennessee's. So those are my first four. Those are my division winners. Now the five, six, seven. this is where it gets a little interesting. I do have Baltimore still making the playoffs. I had a whole bunch of teams. I was even thinking, you know, maybe – they get three teams from that division. Maybe the West gets three teams. It's There's a lot to me. So to me, it was between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, the Chargers, those four right there. And I'm going with New England to be the five seed. Okay, They'll lose the division. They'll still get in. I can't see Belichick missing the playoffs two years in a row. They're the five seed. Now, I'm really down, like I said, on Baltimore, 
and I was not too high on Pittsburgh either, so I'm going to save that for the end. My sixth seed, I'm going with the Chargers. Okay, big year for Herbert. Sixth seed, and 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 LA's just going to get it done. I just I just think the coaching cost them a few games last year, and they're going to be right there in the in the mix. They're going to be the sixth seed. Seventh seed coming down to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm going to go. This is a toss up. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I have Baltimore out. Okay. Same thing though. Cause you know, Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's vaccinated either. I think he might miss some time. We talked about their skill position guys, right? JK Dobbins is out now. Who's he supposed to throw to, right? We don't know who he's supposed to throw to coaching is a wash Tomlin and Harbaugh pretty even. I yep. just like the Steelers defense locked and loaded their skill position guys. Najee Harris going to have a big year. They got three legit receivers. I think big Ben can have a little bit of a revival year. I'm taking the Steelers as the seventh seed over Baltimore. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, none of that really surprises me. I think the Ravens won. Yeah, you said that beforehand, and that was kind of the thing for me because the Ravens. I think they're they're always they've always been a playoff team over the last few years, and I still have them in the playoff conversation. But I mean, to me, I just I struggle between Steelers, Patriots, Colts, and Ravens between those four teams. I think the the Chargers are going to be really good. They are really good, and I think that they have potential to get there. I just, I just think it, the AFC is just so stacked that I think the Chargers. I want to see them take the leap this year to be a better team, but I don't think the playoffs. They're not quite there just yet, but I think they can get there. But I didn't predict them to get there. So in the AFC, my division winners, I got KC, Buffalo, Cleveland, Tennessee in order. KC is the one, Buffalo two, Cleveland three, Tennessee four. For me, I got Tennessee and Indy. It comes down to the last week of the season again. For I think this would be the second or third straight year that that, that would happen. And for me, it really just comes down to the fact of how healthy is Carson Wentz going to be? I have no doubt. I think if Carson Wentz is healthy... I think he's going to be really good for Indianapolis. I've been saying this all along. I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback, but he has one of the worst luck when it comes to injuries, and that's my only fear. And it's already happened, and the season hasn't even started yet. So that's my only fear when it comes to Indy in that regard. So that's why I got Tennessee winning. the And then obviously you add Julio Jones to the Titans. I, I'm really, really curious to see what kind of an impact that he has on this team. So I can't wait to see what that happens. My wild cards. Oh man, this was tough. This this was really tough. And I ended up circling back to, I think Baltimore is going to be right there. It's going to come down to these four teams at the end of the year. Baltimore is going to end up missing out on the playoffs just barely in week 18. I just feel like the same as you. I think they've took a massive hit in the run game, losing J.K. Dobbins, and then they lost Justice Hill as well. That's two of their three starting three running backs for a team that relies heavily on on the run game. I know they went on, they signed Le'Veon right, Bell, but one, one thing, if they sign Latavius Murray, does that change anything? Latavius Murray, this is one of those things, like he's, he's a good running back. He's a good running back, but like, is he really one of those guys where you can pound the rock? Like, you know, maybe 15, 20 times a game. I don't, I don't know that. I and mean, Gus Edwards is going to be your workhorse, but Latavius Murray is good. I think he'll help like a, a lot, but I just don't, I don't know if he'll fully change my opinion. And going back to Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he's he was washed. awful. He was he was awful with the Jets, and then he goes to Kansas City and was did hardly anything there either. So I'm not expecting a lot out of him either. So Baltimore, the odds are stacked against them. I think Lamar is going to do the best that he can. But if there was any year, and there was there was a lot of pressure on him to improve the, his passing game from the get go, anyways. But now you lose two out of your starting three running backs. Lamar Jackson, you got to throw the damn football. So my wild cards go as this. The five seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six seed, your New England Patriots. And the seven seed, Indianapolis Colts will be the seven seed again. I think the Steelers, again, I think this is a, this defense is too great. Roethlisberger, I don't know what he has left in the tank, but I think it's enough to get them in as a wild card. New England, same as you. I just, you know, I just think Belichick has a much better team around him. Mac Jones seems to be making a great first impression on the team. That is a really, really great start for them in the Mac Jones era. They need it. You know, it was a tough transition year, you know, post Brady last season. So this is a, this would be a really nice refreshing time to bring in your new future quarterback. You start in week one. And I think the Patriots will be a much better team this year. And then seven, I got Indy. And again, I think Indy's going to struggle out of the gate. 
They got a really, really tough way to start the year. I think they got Seattle, Rams, Titans. It is incredible. And the Dolphins after that, incredibly hard way to start the year. But I think they'll be able to bounce back. Same as you, Indies has a really well-balanced team. I got Indy as the seventh seed in the AFC. Yeah, so we got pretty much the same teams in both divisions. I mean, it's going to come down to a couple games just at the end of the year like it always does, man. And that's what makes this league so great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to get ridiculously entertaining in December when we start talking about records and playoff scenarios. And that's when things get fun. And obviously, you know, there's going to be a team that we don't think is going to make it that's going to make it. I mean, the Chargers could make it. The Raiders could make it. The Dolphins, like, who knows how that that's football. Like, two teams out of the NFC East could happen. Like, who knows what's going to happen. That's what makes the NFL so great. But, I mean, I, I, I think both of us have a pretty good idea with our prediction nothing too whack there so we'll see what happens so to finish up our episode we're going to do this every week we're going to finish off with a two-minute drill we're going to go through every game on the slate think who we like we'll go over b you'll go over the spreads and then we'll make our picks and then we'll finish with our lock of the week and upset of the week and then that'll do it so let's get this thing started dallas tampa let's go with picks and then b you can set the spread all right, so I'm taking Tampa to win straight up and cover the minus eight. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Tampa to cover as well, and I like Tampa winning this game. I'll go 35-26. I think it will be closer than it may seem, but I think Tampa, I think the score may seem close. It'll be one of those games where the score looks close on paper, mm. but Tampa just dominates the game all around. Yeah, no, Philly, no chance. Philly at Atlanta, the game that you called as a sneaky good game of the day. This could be a track meet. Atlanta minus three. I think Atlanta takes it. I think they go 38 to 29 Atlanta. Oh, jeez. You you really have this thing going up a track meet. I'm going to say Atlanta wins this 30 to 27. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I just feel like every year, early in the year, Matt Ryan is always in some of these close finishes down to the wire. And Young Way Koo's going to nail a 40-yard <laughs> field goal for the win. That's my guy, man. He's a really great kicker. So yes. I'll take him. I'll take Atlanta over Philly in that one. Pittsburgh goes to Buffalo, and my goodness, this is going to be a wild atmosphere in Orchard Park as the Bills Mafia gets welcomed back to Buffalo. Uh, what do you What do you think in this one? Six and a half points is a lot to give to Mike Tomlin, man. I got to take plus six and a half Pittsburgh, and I think this game is uh, ends up being twenty four twenty one Buffalo. I think Pittsburgh covers the spread but loses outright. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. I agree. I think Pittsburgh falls in this one as well. I'm going to take Buffalo 27-21. I think it'll be close for a matter of time, but I think Josh Allen, these Bills, they're going to feed off of this crowd and being back in a fully packed stadium. I like Buffalo in this matchup as well by six, or I think it's by seven. No, by six. Vikings at the Bengals. Joe Burrow makes his return after sitting out majority of last year with a torn ACL. Vikings on the road in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going Vikings minus three. I'm taking it on the road. I think they win 27-21 Vikings. Agreed. I'm going to take Vikings 27-17 in this one. I think Dalvin Cook has a massive day on the ground. I think the Bengals will take some time to get things going, but I think Minnesota's just too talented all around on offense. My Niners go to Detroit. And by the way, of course, if anyone just didn't know, I just want to make it clear. Jimmy Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. In case anyone does not know out there, my jaw dropped when I heard the news. I could not believe it. It's absolutely shocking news. I can't believe it. But yeah, anyways, apparently the media the media really, really wanted Trey Lance to start. So I just had to throw that out there. Niners out, Lions. Who you like? Mine, minus seven and a half. It's a tough one. I think that's a lot of points. I think it's in Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit to cover plus seven and a half. San Francisco still wins the game. I think they win 21-17. You know what? Honest to God, this this game could be weird. I think it's going to be one of two things. I think it's either the Niners are going to blow the doors off them or it's going to be one of those really weird games where it's exactly like you said, 21-17, 23-7, like where the Niners kind of struggle a little bit and the Lions, you know, scrap and claw their way but i i don't think that's gonna happen i think i might throw up if that happens i don't want that i want to blow out i'll take the niners 34 16 in this one arizona at tennessee arizona at tennessee i'm taking i'm taking tennessee to cover minus three i think this will be a shootout potential but i don't think it'll get there i've taken 
third. Yeah, it's kind of a shootout. I'm taking Tennessee 31-27, barely covering the minus three. Wow, we got a really close scoreline there. I was thinking very similar along those lines. I got Tennessee winning this one 31-26. I think it's going to be a close one. Tennessee gonna, is going to do their thing. I think they'll win near the end. Tannehill and Kyler, both really clutch quarterbacks. That's going to be a fun one. Seattle goes up to Indy to take on Carson mm-hmm. Wentz and the Colts. This might be my favorite play of the day. Seattle minus two and a half. Can't believe uh, you know Carson Wentz missing a lot of time in the offseason. First game in the new uni. Yeah, I think Seattle wins this. You know, minus two and a half. I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect bet right there. I'm taking Seattle 28 to 17, Seattle. That's a good call. I'm going to take Seattle by 10 in this one, 30 to 20. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a great game. I think the Colts will struggle a little bit in this one. I think Carson Wentz will struggle against the, a, a more improved Seattle defense in this one. Chargers at Washington, this is a game that we both really like mm-hmm. in this one. It's going to be a close one. Yep, spreads only one, so it's right there. So Chargers are favored by a point. It's in Washington, so I'm going to take Washington. I think they win barely. I think they win 17-14 in a slugfest. That's a good call. That's a good call. I'm going to take Washington 20-17 to in this one because of the home team. I think Herbert will struggle in this one. I think Chase Young's going to have a big impact like he always does. I like Washington in this one at home. Jets at the Panthers. Sam Darnold taking on his former team, Zach Wilson, in his debut. Carolina's favored by minus 5.5. I'm taking it. I think they win just by 6, though. I'm taking it 23-17. Carolina barely covered the 5.5. I'll take Carolina 23-16 in this one. I think the Jets will struggle. I think Zach Wilson turns the ball over twice. He can't really get his footing right, and Sam Darnold gets redemption against his old team. Jags at the Texans. Jags at the Texans. What a game. Jacksonville minus three. I feel like this is going to be a weird one. I think Houston wins this game outright. They cover the plus three, win it outright. I think they're going to win 21-17 to again. Houston, I don't know. It's just a weird game for me. It, I think this game is going to be weird as well. I think this could, again, be similar to the Niners-Lions where I think Jacksonville could just blow the doors off of Houston or Houston somehow, some way, finds a way to win this game. I think it's going to be weird as well. I'll take Houston 24-21. Cleveland at Kansas City, rematch of last year's divisional round. Mm, minus six, though, is the spread. It's a lot of points, but I still got to go with Mahomes. Minus six, I'll still take it. think they win 31-24. Barely covered the spread. I'm going to take KC by three, 26-23. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to have a great game. But I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do his thing late in the fourth quarter, hit Tyreek Hill late, and Harrison Bucker puts this one to bed, 26-23 KC. Dolphins at your Patriots. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Patriots minus three. It's line set right to me. I think they push, actually, and I think they win by a field goal. I think they win 24-21. Yep, similar to you. I'll take the Patriots by three as well. Patriots 20-17. to 17. Mac Jones got the ball late in the fourth quarter. Game-winning drive in the two-minute mm-hmm. drill. And they get a game-winning field goal by rookie kicker Quinn Nordine from University of Michigan for the game winner. I like Patriots in that one by three. Green Bay at New Orleans. Of course, the neutral site is a factor in this one. I like this. I like this. This is probably one of my top plays too. Green Bay minus four. I love it. I think they went 30-20. to 20. Cover that minus four pretty easily. I'll take the Packers in this one, 31-24 by one score. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good day. I think Jameis Winston is going to play well. He might struggle a little bit, but I think he'll play better than expected in this one. But I like the Packers winning by a touchdown. Broncos at the Giants. Mm, just a weird one. Uh, Denver's favored by three. I'm going to take the Giants to win outright. They're going to win 17-14. All right, all right, you're gonna take the Giants this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Teddy B and the Broncos in this one. I'll take them 24-20. I think they go on the road. The defense has a good game. Bridgewater plays a nice game as well. Plays it safe, doesn't turn the ball over, and and we start having the Daniel Jones conversation right after week one, I think. Sunday night, Bears at the Rams. Yep. Love this one too. Minus seven and a half. It's a lot of points, but I don't see any way this isn't a blowout. That D line's gonna feast on Chicago's O line. And then vice versa, that offense is just going to kill their defense. Seven and a half seems like too little. I'm going to go by two scores. I'm going to go 30, 30, no, no, no. I'm going to go 35 to 17. I'm similar to that. I'm going to take the Rams 31-17. I think the Rams are just going to 
run this one from beginning to end. I think Chicago might have a good start. Dalton goes down the field. They score a touchdown like 7 and nothing early. It's like, oh, Andy Dalton. And then from there on forward, the Rams are just going to take it after that. Monday night, Ravens at the Raiders. I think this game can get a little weirder. It's the one game we didn't talk about on this episode in this one. Yep, and I like it. I'm taking Raiders plus four and a half. I think they're going to win the game outright. First game in the new stadium. Crowds amped. I've talked enough about Baltimore, and I don't want to pile on them anymore. I think Raiders win this game outright in a shootout, 35-28. to 28. Yeah, I think this game can get kind of weird as well. I'm going to take the Raiders 30 to 26. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a high-powered game, a lot of scoring, but I think the Raiders will end up winning for their fans in their new crib. So I like the Raiders in this one, and the Ravens will fall. So we're going to run through that. I like that. That was a nice segment. We're going to run through that every week when we go through every game. So that'll do it. Week one gets started tomorrow. Dallas at Tampa. Cannot wait. Be final thoughts. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open been mad cool too, though. Canadians representing well. Layla Fernandez and Felix both from the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Great stuff there. Yeah, great shout out there. Great shout out. They're doing great. Canadian tennis has just been on fire late, and we're gonna have to to put aside an extra segment for them possibly next week before the U.S. Open comes to an end or just after that because those two have been absolutely sensational rep in our country. So that'll do it from here. Week one of the NFL season. Cannot wait. A lot of great games. We'll recap it all next week and then break down week two on next week's episode. So that'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Jason Hoda, Bilal Lahi, you know what to do. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis and enjoy week one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.